What's up, everyone, and welcome to Making the Shift. We're an SLP couple from California with three boys and a passion for finding better ways to support autistic kids. I'm Chris Winger, better known as Speech Dude, and I'm a neurodivergent high school SLP and the creator of The Dassel, the dynamic assessment of social-emotional learning. And I'm Jesse Ginsberg, a sensory integration-trained SLP, owner of a top-rated speech therapy clinic in Los Angeles, and the creator of the Inside Out Sensory Programs for parents and therapists. Join us weekly to learn neurodiversity-affirming ways to support social-emotional development and regulation in autistic kids. Are you ready to make the shift? everyone. Welcome to Making the Shift. Just had to get a little caffeine boost Welcome. There. There's my caffeine boost. <laughs> That's right. I'm talking about ADHD. And here I am with my, my second wind of the day. Running around, getting here just in time. I think that's good, though, to have a second wind of the day. I always think about that. Um, when I get my first wind, it's really early in the morning. And that's the only way I can survive is right after work, my second wind exercise, which is like 10 push-ups and coffee. <laughs> but do you think most people get a second wind now that you're saying that? Like, I feel like a lot of people crash after lunch. Write in the in the chat if you got a second wind. I don't know. I don't know. You get I... like a lot of, you get a lot of winds throughout the day, though. You go to before bed, I'm going to go to Home Depot wind. Well, I can tell you that right around noon to four o'clock <laughs> there's no wind there there are there's no wind that's going through my sailboat to push that thing along that is the truth yeah but we hope you had a great labor day weekend we did nothing which i think is a reason it was so successful it's because we didn't want to go out of town because we knew it was going to be miserable traffic and having no expectation worked out yeah, I think that historically, and by historically, I mean like a month ago, <laughs> Jesse and I would be like, Labor Day weekend's coming up, and we have three days. The, you know, the kids are off on Monday. Where can we go travel to? And then the reality is, is when the weekend gets here and we didn't plan traveling, we find that we had a great time when we were close to home without the pressures and the stress of doing things out of town. Yeah, and this time Tucker, who's four, said, can we go camping? And he meant like lay down in the trampoline and put our blankets down. That's what he means by camping. So we went, not we, you obviously, got all the stuff for s'mores. We made s'mores at the house with the fire. And that was like, it was such a good time. We were creative. We took the little table that has one of those little heat, type like a fire pit table it's not really a fire pit though it's like really not meant to put food over it it's no. one of those things where yeah. you kind of you you basically get the tips of your um fingertips warm and that's about it so it's like one of those little ones that you rocks. just little rocks yeah you definitely aren't supposed to do it but we we reinvented it we repurposed it and we made it our own little beach fire pit and we had our little seats around and our little coat hangers to cook our marshmallows and um, our really family of five, eight, 36 marshmallows. 
Yeah, our six-year-old ate 34 of the 36. <laughs> <laughs> Speech dad got one marshmallow. Yeah, okay. But you know what? I ate the whole bag of chocolate. They're like, where's the chocolate for the s'mores? And I said, I don't know. And they're like, what's on your lips? And I said, I don't know what that is either. <laughs> anyway, we're excited for the topic of tonight's show, which is ADHD. And it's funny how often we get asked to talk about this because people hear Chris talking about his ADHD and they want to hear his story and kind of, I think one of the things that to me is so fascinating about you is that you get all these incredible things done in your life. You know, you are very driven. You reach a lot of the goals you set for yourself, but it takes so much work. So you're thinking about something else right now. I could tell cause you're smiling. Yeah. And for those of you that have tuned in, you will, you will always catch me. I always disclose that though. So there's nothing being caught off guard. You can kind of tell in my eyes or when I'm thinking about five things, when she's talking on these things, you're like, Oh, yep. He's doing that thing where he's not focused on At least her. I could tell. But that's like one of the things that I have to do when I'm going on a podcast or when I'm doing a live is I constantly have to think, Make sure you listen to the words that the person is saying, Chris. Don't start thinking about everything that you want to say. That's always been a challenge, but it's probably apparent through <laughs> video. Yeah. So tonight we really wanted to share kind of his story and what it was like for him growing up and then the things we've learned. So life hacks maybe that have worked for him. And I've just learned so much about how the, how our relationship needs to work, how we should be communicating based on what kind of like your needs are for your communication. So yeah, I mean, we've let's really go back to baby speech, dude. <laughs> I feel like I don't know, like, too you don't much. Know? I know, like general things of your story, but um, let's hear. I mean, I'll just kind of not go into too much detail. You know, I was I was at an advantage and a disadvantage when it came to public schools. The advantage was uh, my age because of my age, as I grew into playing sports and extracurricular activities, I was able to play sports and be in that league for a longer period of time, like little league. So rather than what most people would get, I would get an additional year solely because of my birthday. I share that you with were you. were young for your grade or old for your grade? I was young for my grade. Okay. But because I was young for my grade, with extended sports, I was able to get that extra year, which was great. But now how did that tie into education and how did that put me at a disadvantage? Well, my birthday is August 2nd. And per educational system, you cannot be enrolled until September 1st when you turn five for kindergarten, right? So everybody that was born later in the year already developmentally had an advantage. So I was already immature solely because I was the youngest one always in my class. So I graduated at 17 when everybody else was graduating at 18. Mm -hmm. And I think that's what happens a lot of time with the younger grade. Kids that are born in August, a lot differently, they have different developmental. A whole year. A whole year. I, I want to say, is that in Freakonomics, the book where they about that? Um, or tipping point. I don't know. It's in one of. Yeah. Malcolm schools. Gladwell talks about it a little bit in that um, Goliath and David or book, I think. 
blank. I don't remember. I we read a lot of books out. and they're all over scattered. But anyway, that was one of the things where it was like I was already kind of set up for, hey, what's going on with that Chris Winger kid? Why is he acting up and why is he so mature? So it was like a hand in hand. I was born immature already. And then I was put into a place where I was, you know, compared to other kids who already had, um, you know, more development at the time. So throughout elementary school, my elementary school years consisted of a lot of me <laughs> jumping up on the tables and taking um, straws and creating spit wads. So when we had a substitute, it was like, <laughs> I would send uh, spit wads over the substitute. Things you're not supposed to do. Really immature stuff. Blurting out loud in class, singing out loud in class. <laughs> Just all of the things that are, are impulsive. So my parents would get the phone call quite often, which would be Mr. and Mrs. Winger. Um, is this you? And they would say, yeah, well, your son, Chris, you're going to have to come and pick him up from school. You know, he's, uh, this is his, this is his fifth time that he's been um, acting up in class. And so we're going to have to put him on more detention, and more suspensions. So, so my lots of getting in trouble. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but do you feel like it was hard focusing in class? Well, I mean, you've got a class of a lot of students, right? You've got a class now, you know, for high school, especially where I work, 36, 38 kids in the class. So yeah, the way my brain works still to this day, and it'll always work this way are in short increments. So it's like, Hey, give me an assignment. Allow me to do it for 25 minutes, but I need to take a break. But the school system's not set up like that. It never has been set up. It's like, you got these 50 minute blocks and they really tried to implement this in California a couple of years ago, which were the two hour blocks where you would have periods one and two and three for two hour blocks. And then the next day would be periods four, five and six for two hours. I'm like, that would drive any kid with ADHD into insanity unless you were able to break it up in 25 minute spurts to do that. But that's how my brain works currently. It's always worked that way, which is I, I know that I can focus on something especially if I'm interested in it for 25 minutes and then I got to take my break. Yeah. And I think that's some, it sometimes feels frustrating for me because we work on a lot of projects together. And for me, I'm one of those people who would just sit down for like three hours and just get something done. But for him, he needs that time. You need your break. I absolutely do. Yeah. And then I was thinking about how you, at least at your old house, you would always work standing at the high top counter. That's funny because yeah, it hasn't changed at work. I still have one of those Vera desk is what it's called. It's one of those, um, you know, stand up that sits on top of your desk. You can raise it to your height all year, every day I am standing. That is helpful for someone like me. But again, all of the things we talk about, we should disclose what works for one person might not work for the next person. But yeah, for me, honestly, standing helps me stay engaged and helps me stay focused. Sitting down, for me, like right now, sends signals to my brain to go, oh, you're sitting down? Go you to might, sleep. No, not really go to sleep, <laughs> but it's more like I'm sitting down talking. I got to make sure that I'm not missing the latest and greatest on TikTok. <laughs> I'm like, Whoa, hold on real quick. Oh, wait, we're doing a, a live. I can't check my Instagram and TikTok. But that's just kind of how I am is I have to... For me, when I get into that 25-minute zone of doing work, when I create some of the stuff that I do, like the online course and stuff, uh, I have to get rid of my distractions. And so 
that's one strategy for me, no matter what. It's like, I can't have it around, you know, or else I will be checking Instagram. And then the next thing you know, eight hours later, I'm like, oh, holy hot dog. I got nothing done except for consuming content that meant nothing to me. And one thing you do, which I feel like is really unusual, honestly, you're probably the only person in the world, is you don't even get notifications when you get text messages. So you can have your notifications turned off or do not disturb. So it's silent, but you it doesn't even pop across your screen when you get a text. It just goes straight to your message. Yeah. Because otherwise you would just get distracted all the time. Oh, yeah. I have to have this, all of my notifications turned off because of that. Yeah. Yeah, that's absolutely correct. I think that for me, one of the biggest things was learning how to communicate, right? Because I feel like there was a period of time where we were just starting to date and there would be times when I would think like you just had no interest in what I was saying. I feel like we've had conversations about that because I could just tell you weren't paying attention to me. Uh, But he does this thing where you think he is. So he's like, yeah, yeah. And, you know, he's responsive. So you think he's processing, but he's not actually processing. And then, um, so what I've learned is that I guess two things. One, we started doing something where when I would tell him something important, I would say, Roger. Yeah, Roger that. And then he would be like, yeah, wait, what? You know, so you would always tell me. And that was just something. We still do that. Yeah, we do. So that's just when it's something important. Obviously, I can't do that all the time or else it wouldn't be effective. And then the other thing I've learned with you is that if there's ever something that is serious that and it could be like something that happened at work, it could be like business related, it could be us related or family related. It's like I have to I could just tell when you're in and out of your flow throughout the day. And I just have to wait until I could tell that it's a good time when you're like really present because they're otherwise it's like, I can't just call you in the middle of the day and tell you a 30 minute dramatic story. You know, I'm not going to get the response from you that I need. It's like better for me to wait till you're home after dinner or something. Right. Absolutely. I can't have any distractions. Yeah. Just like learning the types of, the times and knowing that it's probably a good thing for me to learn that not all the things I need to talk about in depth are that urgent and just waiting for it to be the right time. Yeah. I think one of the, yeah, you're exactly right. Um, we follow grow now ADHD, um, Mike Mike McLeod on uh, Instagram and we came by a post, which is so true, which was about ADHD. It's not that, it's a lack of attention. It's an overabundance of paying attention to things. And that is my life in a nutshell where uh, it's hard. I pay a fo- I, That's my problem. <laughs> I pay attention to everything. So talking to you right now, I'm also paying attention to all the traffic that I see on the road. Over yeah. There. Which is really hard for us filming these because like there's been times where we try to film these at home and with the dogs and you get really distracted or like I just had to get up to get my phone charger and I was worried to do that because I knew it would throw you off. That's how it is. Things like that. When I'm recording for Instagram and um, social media stuff, if I'm recording a quick video and a bird goes flying by in the background and that I'm just like, I don't have to start all over. I seriously, that's happens often too. 
So it's really a, a challenge for me on that sense. So um, I usually, with that type of thing, will put myself in an environment. I will make sure that my phone goes into the do not focus. I just swipe it down, do not focus, so I can concentrate on what I'm doing. That's always been a helpful thing. Yeah, and I think that, like, speaking of the overabundance of attention, you have in, in kind of like more speech and business world, you have so many ideas, you know, that like you could come home one day and say, I'm going to do this. And it's completely different than everything else you've done. And I think sometimes it's hard for you to just like pick the one thing and focus on that. Right. Absolutely. I want to tie this because we talk a lot about autism. And so when we discuss ADHD and autism, autism is one of those, um, one of the most common conjoined things with it. I, I should say comorbid. So one of the um, other things that are combined with it is ADHD. For me, the big differences between the two to distinguish, because those two can go hand in hand. And with both of them together, it can increase the symptoms. So like ADHD and autism, the ADHD can increase <laughs> the symptoms of it. But here's one of the things when we talk about this on my understanding with my own lived experience with ADHD is that when I have a special interest, when I want to talk about something, um, I can be doing it, but I need my breaks. I can only focus on a short amount of time on it. So um, if it's like 25 minutes or even like Jesse will tell you, I have TV shows that I absolutely love. Like that you, you love to fall asleep to. Well, it's not even that. Like I'll be watching the, you know, the new Game of Thrones with the dragons and stuff. And I love it. I have a passion for it. But then 30 minutes into it, I can grab my phone and get on it. <laughs> so I get distracted. And you um, will never want to watch, like you would never want to watch the second episode. Right. I get so right distracted away. on my, my, my yeah. special interest. Whereas when I work with my autistic students and they have an area of special interest, they can focus for an extended period of time. So my students, if they're playing Minecraft, they can sit there and play Minecraft for hours on end without getting losing focus. When I was in high school, I would play Ocarina of Time. It's a Legend of Zelda game. And 30 minutes later, I would switch over to GoldenEye 007. And then after that, I would go out and ride my skateboard for a little bit. And then after that, I would get on my back then roller uh, rollerblading was 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 a popular thing. I don't know if it's it's gotten back, but I, it's like one thing after the next. So I think that was a big difference. Now, I want to share this too. Autism, ADHD on the social um, interaction thing. So when it comes to social interactions with others, I can interact with others and it can be about multiple subjects and multiple topics. And it can be really quickly. When it comes to autism and social interactions, autistic students that I work with do much better when it's that area of passion, when they're passionate interest, when they have that special interest of theirs. But when you start getting out to topics that are of uninterest to them, that's where there tends to be difficulty. Um, and so I've noticed that myself and that difference when working with students has been um, the biggest identifiers for me. Yeah. And just speaking of autism and ADHD, it's so crazy to think about. Like growing up, I thought I knew what ADHD looked like because I have people in my family diagnosed with ADHD. 
friends, you hear people in college going, oh, don't mind me. I'm just ADD. I'm like glorifying it really. Um, and I thought I knew, but just the more I learned about autism, the more I realized how many diag- how many people were misdiagnosed. And that includes, you know, members of my family where I was like, wow, this is definitely autism, not ADHD. And I feel like it's crazy kind of we were talking about how um, people you say that those things about ADHD, like, like, it's like the cool kid thing, almost like, oh, I just have ADHD. Don't mind me. Like, I feel like I could think of so many times in college, people would say that. Yeah, you're exactly right. Um, when I have students that are on my caseload, and they have they their eligibility, their primary eligibility is other health impairment. So for ADHD, and then the secondary eligibility is speech and language impairment. That to me, is a sign that I'm more aware of, you know what, I might be having a kid come on my case. So that's autistic. This is important because between those two and for me working with students, it helps guide me on how I can best educate the students to learn about who they are. Because when the students begin to learn about who they are and their social differences and their characteristics, then they can better understand how to navigate certain situations I know how to structure my goals better. I know how to create certain what I can teach them to help them self-advocate for their needs. But as Jesse said, I cannot tell you. I have to say, I, I don't want to put a percentage on it, but it is far above 50% of when kids are on my caseload with ADHD that I'm like, within a minute, I'm like, well, this is a different communication style. And my armchair um, diagnosis is, oh, this is an autistic student. And the reason why that's that's important is because I can structure therapy in a different way. And then I can start to group students according to commonalities. And, they, and then I can teach them about, hey, you've got some special interest. And hey, you like to info dump. And that's a different way of communicating. And I just want you guys to all know that this is how um, we're all going to build and connect and, and, and make it an enjoyable experience. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So that was a lot right there. Um, the other thing that Jesse will tell you when it comes to um, my experience as living in, um, with ADHD is that I am not one for planning or organizing. I am not one to get things prepared for a vacation. I don't like to do that. Now, my autistic students, what I've learned, they really like structure. They really like plans. And if they're going on a trip somewhere, they like to have all of the information in advance. Like, what time do we need to be at the airport? Like, to the T, what things can I pack? Like, just really planned. And, and for you me, pack your bag <laughs> 10 minutes before we leave for the airport for Australia for two weeks. Yeah, two weeks. We're going to, we, yeah, we went to Australia. She's exactly right. I packed within 10 minutes. So it was like, boom, 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 throwing everything together. We're ready to go. Um, I had a present. Yeah. I had a present. It's even when we present, like I had a presentation for SLP summit a couple years ago. And this is like a really big event. <laughs> I'm talking 10,000 people. and I'm doing my presentation the night before. And she's like, I can't believe that you're getting your thing prepared with one day advance notice. Most people don't like that stress and anxiety and plan far in the future. I'm like, nope, we got this. Yeah, so, and you'll make edits 
minutes before minutes, you go live. Three minutes before you going live. start changing stuff. So the procrastination is a really big thing <laughs> for me. Yeah. And so um, I want to share with you, though, some things. I was going to say, someone said that's so stressful for the non-ADHD partner. How do you deal with that? That is good. I think knowing... How, it's like the seek to understand, right? Instead of like pointing fingers, why are you like this? It's understanding that. And that has been by far the biggest challenge of, um, you know, parenting together is one thing. Like there are things like, um, oh my gosh, there's just so many things. And I, of course I'm blanking on example of something with like the kids where you won't notice something or, Oh, all the time because we have the baby. And yeah. so it's like, just like minor things. Well, I shouldn't say minor. They're major things, right? Like if I accidentally leave the back slider open and the baby could just easily walk out. I mean, there's are things that I constantly have to remind myself. Like if I'm cooking macaroni and cheese, I've got to have two timers. I got my phone and I have the timer that's part of the oven because oftentimes what I'll do is I'll be thinking about what I'm going to watch on Netflix or what I'm going to write on an email while I'm cooking. And then when the, when I notice that my macaroni is done, I'll just go over and pour it out, but I'll forget to turn off the burner. And that's a very common thing that I do. So I have to have multiple reminders and timers. Yeah. You know, <laughs> that I hear quite frequently and it's for both autism and for ADHD is um, you'll hear, or I hear anyway, it's like, autism is my superpower or ADHD is my superpower. I'm going to tell you that ADHD is not my superpower. ADHD has a lot of its great qualities and characteristics, but that's not saying that it's not a disability. I always have to monitor myself frequently. And Jesse always has to put me in check on times and say, well, Chris, I don't think you thought about this or, Hey, Chris, you know, um, you, you might want to do X, Y, and Z next time. Um, because this could be a hazard, you know, it's a life. And this is not something that um, is going away. So it's like every day for my whole life, I'm going to have times where I need these structures. I need the supports in my environment. Um, but at least I'm aware of them, you know? Yeah. Um, and then I know that's just, and she's aware like, them. I know that when you're if you're not paying attention to something I'm saying it's not because you don't love me or care it's because like I've caught you at a bad time of the day or something right and yeah that's a challenging thing altogether because I am very good at paying attention and not paying attention so like I can have a full-on conversation and answer questions to people with out really listening and absorbing the content so that an hour goes by and someone can say something like hey so what did you get out of that did they tell you exactly how to get to the pharmacy or to the gas station i'm like oh my god i had that full-on conversation honestly i wasn't even like really soaking in that information i could read a whole book <laughs> i did this in <laughs> high school i'd read like an entire book it's like all right chris you're required to read To Kill a Mockingbird. And then I'd read the whole book and I'd go to school the next day and I wouldn't remember a single thing that I read. And that was my, the, that's still the story of my life sometimes. Someone said, how did you work on becoming self-aware? Um, You know, that's a great question because- Wait, question for you. Yes. Did 
you like the we have a lot of open conversations about like communication other people that you've dated or maybe friendships did that ever come up in the past like was that ever a conversation where they're like you're not listening to me that's why i'm not with them anymore (laughs) (laughs) yeah i mean um in my past so like because that would mean like people pointing it out to you makes you become more self-aware over time you know yeah um right exactly so jesse is very good in understanding and willing to listen and help me because there are times where i'm distracted or i'm not focused or i'm not listening and rather than her point the finger and be like well you weren't listening and you didn't do this it's like she's guiding me so historically in relationships it had always been a struggle because of those things and the breakdown where i wasn't intentionally trying to hurt someone's feelings or i wasn't intentionally trying to shut people out it's just how my brain works and because of that you're going to get tension so fortunately i have um my supports and accommodations and environmental changes <laughs> right here in human form <laughs> that's what helps me out the best is an understanding partner because um because that because that actually is is a way for me to become more self-aware oftentimes i don't even know i like i'll do something and she'll say chris I don't know if you know this or if you noticed that you did this, but I wanted to share this with you so that way you can learn. So, yeah, I mean, there's a lot of times in my life and still to this very moment, even when we do these podcasts, she's like, I don't know if you were aware that like when on that episode, I was in the middle of saying this and then you like totally chimed in. I'm like, well, I'm glad that you shared that with me because no, I wasn't aware. So I go back and watch and I'm like, Oh, Nelly. <laughs> so you're really on with the expressions today. Um, yeah, that's right. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's something that's really helped helped out. Yeah. Jesse. And I think just in terms of working together and what has helped because it we're so different in the way we work. Um, and now we speak together a lot. So what I find works is I'm responsible for me, he is responsible for him. Like I will not work on things where it has to be us doing the same thing at the same time. When we speak, it's, these are your slides and we might go back and forth, but it's like, you know, which slides you're responsible for. I know which ones I'm responsible for. And I don't have to worry about him because he can change it the day before or the night before. And I know he's going to be fine and it won't affect me at all. So. Right. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Um, I wanted to, I wanted to, sh- to share this too, with my experience in the younger ages between kindergarten and 12th grade, I think for any kid with ADHD and autistic kids and just neurodivergent students in general, there comes a time when you graduate where everything just seems to get so much easier for one reason when it comes to education, which is college. I was able to pick my own schedule, which was big. Like you don't get a choice when you're in kindergarten through 12th grade. I didn't get it really a much of a choice of, what type of career path I wanted to go down in in high school. You just have these set schedule, right? So a lot of that was autonomy. It was like, I got to choose my schedule. I got to pick any class I wanted. So I even picked a bowling class. I'm like, I want to learn how to bowl. That's how you got so good at bowling. I learned everything about bowling. Cal State Fullerton. One of like our first dates, we went bowling and he was just like strike (laughs) after strike. And I was like, what? Turns out he has his own ball. 
shoes. Anyway, um, good to know. You know, that came partly from my, my dad um, because we did a lot, not a little, but I was fortunate. We did a lot of outdoor stuff. So every sport, every activity was something that I was interested in. So I learned how to snowboard, ski, skateboard, surf. I got into skydiving. I got into scuba diving. I got into, I played in, you know, in high school, basketball, baseball, and soccer. Um, yeah. And then I got into playing guitar and, and playing bass and drums. And I just kind of dabbled in everything because I think that was just because you have an day. abundance of attention. I've got you an abundance of it. I'm like, I'm doing it all. Okay. Someone asked another good question. Are you receptive to those who try to help you? Or are you very, I'm a failure or I can't do anything right? This took a long time. I'll say he's definitely not, I can't do anything right. If anything, like I think you get, you could get defensive, which you know, which is an impulsive thing too, if you think about it. Um, but yeah, he's definitely not like, oh, I can't, I never, I can't do any, I don't think I've never heard you say anything remotely close to, I can't do anything right. No, actually, that is something that we talk about where when we get comments on Instagram or emails that are a, of an opposing view, we I sit back and it and mm. so I'm very receptive of this person comes from a different viewpoint. So what's the takeaway? What can I do to make this something of a solution or something? that I can learn from. Um, so yeah, anytime somebody said anything to me, um, this is more recent, by the way, in my younger years, it was much different. Yeah. So and my, I think you're, you do so well now with like taking a minute, pausing or a day, not a day, never a day. That's too long, but like an hour, um, and thinking about it. But I was going to say that for me, I know that when I want to have those conversations with him that are those tough conversations, the time to have it is not in the heated, um, not that we like really have big arguments, but it's not like in the heat of that conversation. That is something we, I will bring up later when we're both calm and regulated. So he's never defensive or like upset as long as it's the right time. And when we, we very rarely will get it like in an argument, but it happens in every single relationship. Um, and when those times do come to follow on that, I have learned that it's the best thing to do open communication and to really work on a solutions based. I always think that's the best thing in life with anything, right? It's best to focus on solutions rather than the problems. It's best to focus on the future rather than things that have happened bad in the past. Validating first and then moving to solutions. Validate. Yeah, you're getting really good at that too. That takes a lot of like reworking and rewiring, but definitely. And then the other thing too is like always working on consistently giving myself enough time to give an answer that is an honest answer rather than me quickly feeling like I just have to say something that might bend the truth a little bit. <laughs> Cause that can become a habit where it's like, I'm just going to say a quick lie. And then, and then you end up telling 15 lies to cover the first one. And you're like, man, I forgot what I said on that first one. So it's like really giving myself a little bit of time to process before I rattle off something so I can make sure. So that, that way it maintains um, 
yeah. uh, healthy communication and relationship and all of those things. And here's another question, which is probably a good like last final moment for you to say some words, which is someone was just wondering about if you're taking medication for your ADHD. So I thought this would be a nice time to add in what your natural remedy is, like what you feel like really helps you. Yeah. You know, when it comes to medications and stuff, um, everybody's situation is different. And so my experience and my situation is going to be different than anybody else's, right? So it's just like um, all of us, we, in our fingerprints, what works for one person might not work for the next. My my thoughts oftentimes, gosh, I hope this doesn't come across as any kind of like difference, but I want to just say that oftentimes from my experience in schools when I was growing up, when I did have medications, the medications were given to me to make the other people comfortable. The medications were never for my benefit. It was always to make everybody else not have to deal with the kid who had more energy. So if I would have been given opportunities to say, hey, Chris's school day was going to consist of working for 25 minutes and then he can go out on the monkey bars for 10 and then he can come back and study math for 25. Then I would have had a, an environment and supports. So I wouldn't have needed the medication. So the med medications were essentially saying, hey, we this is for that kid to make those people around that kid more comfortable, right? And I think many of you guys know my mentality and mindset these days, which is we need to start creating environments and supports and modifications and accommodations so our, so it's everybody's accepted for who they are, not to try to turn them into somebody um, different. With yeah. that being said. I was going to say, and I just want to emphasize what you said, which is like, we are not here to give medical advice. Right. Like we, there are kids... Plenty of kids we see who take medications, plenty of families we see who don't want to. But at the moment, Chris does not take medication. And instead, he has a lot of other things he does during the day. Yeah. So um, I get high on my own supply. <laughs> I was like, where is he going here? Meaning meaning <laughs> that um, what Vyvanse and Adderall and Ritalin and all those other things back in the day maybe would do, I have replaced with some natural things. And so for me, and I think there's a lot of research behind this kind of stuff too. Um, I have a routine every day of waking up at 5 a.m. I don't know if I'd recommend this for anybody under the age of 17, but um, as you, we get older, um, 5 a.m. is always a good thing for someone like me. And the reason is, is because the rest of the world is quiet. There's no distractions and phone calls and emails and text or anything. So I don't have my phone around. So I have got me time for the first half of the day that starts at 5 a.m. And I get myself exercising. So the very th first thing I do in the morning is I get myself to a point of sweating. So there's something in your brain called um, BDNF, brain-derived neurotropic factor. And when you can release that in your brain, when and that release is right when you start to break a sweat, you are enhancing and increasing the neurons and the neuroceptors and really helping your brain maintain focus. It really helps with executive functioning. So that's one thing. Get to a point of sweat. That might be climbing stairs. That might be what anybody makes of it. If there's anything we learned from the pandemic, it's that you don't have to have a gym pass to break a sweat. You can do it from your own home and you don't have to have expensive equipment either. 
you know, you can do your own thing. Um, the yeah, other thing and you are not the same person if you don't work out in a day, my it's entire like, day is not the same person. It's like your mood, your productivity, everything is affected. If you don't get that workout in, here's the other thing that a lot of people don't know about, and it sounds complicated, but it's not, but, uh, well, I'll try to make it not sound complicated. It's called transient, transient hypofrontality. Okay, so let's talk about that. So transient hypofrontality. So hypo meaning that we are keeping everything calm. Frontality. So we're keeping the prefrontal cortex of our brain nice and calm. My day as ADHD consists of me constantly thinking about things every second of every everything in my environment I'm focused on. Even when I'm focused on my favorite things, I could lose distraction really easily. So how do we get to the state where our brains can be relaxed and really enhance and increase those neurons saying hello to each other so we can strengthen those things, right? That's what our goal is. We want to increase this myelin sheath. Now, so we want to increase that. So how do we do that? Again, when we when exercising, I hit 12 minutes on this Stairmaster. What I'm doing is when I'm exercising, it gets, and I do it when I swim. Swimming is one of the best ways to get to this state of mind. So when I'm swimming, I'm not thinking about emails. I'm not thinking about TikTok. I'm not thinking about my inbox and my direct messages on Instagram. I'm not thinking about what I'm doing the night before because I'm thinking about my breath work and staying alive while I'm swimming. And when I'm doing that, I'm increasing my cognitive bandwidth. So I'm increasing my ability to stay focused with what I'm doing. And this in turn over time has helped me get through my days with focus. It really has. I was going to say, okay, just to, for clarity, you're talking about actively trying to be present. Not that like you don't think about those things because you're swimming, but you're instead you're taking the time when you're swimming and trying to. Like you're not focusing when you are doing that. So I mentioned this because if you don't have access to a pool or swimming, hypo, Google this stuff, it, which is transient hypofrontality. You can do it with any kind of exercise that you're doing when you're riding a bike or jogging or walking or hiking or take your dog out or whatever it is. Do it in your own home. Do, do uh, yeah, do whatever works for you. And so that's one way of it really helping me. Now, somebody mentioned in the comments here, which is another great thing, ice baths. Every So not every day, five days a week for three minutes, I get into 45 degree cold water. It's it's an ice bath that, that I have at the place that I go to every morning. So I get all of this stuff done. So I, I wake up at 5 a.m. I, you know, I have all my stuff laid out the night before. So when I wake up, there's no such thing as hitting the snooze button because if I hit the snooze button, then I'm automatically teaching my brain that I'm not ready for the day. And that's a bad habit. So no matter what, that alarm goes off, I'm up. My stuff's already ready. I put it on. I go get my exercise. And then comes the ice bath every morning. Now, the ice bath is not what you think. The ice bath does many things. The ice bath, for starters, is that I don't love always getting into the ice bath. But getting into the ice bath, even on the days where I'm like, okay, I'm definitely going to skip it today, that tells me that I absolutely have to get in. Because if I can do that, I'm training my brain that when I say go, we go. There's no holding back. I get into that cold water for three minutes, no matter what. So I'm already doing something hard. 
So when I have to have a deadline or I have to have a report or I have to do something in the day, I've already done the hardest thing in the day, which is get into freezing cold water. The second thing, I'm working on box breathing. So I'm breathing through my nose and I'm breathing out. Now, a lot of people will recommend saying, hey, breathe in through your nose for you know six seconds and hold it for four and then breathe out for eight seconds. But I don't do that. I just build it off my body's natural flow of what I feel is best. So I'll breathe in and then I'll hold it for a bit and then I'll breathe out until my body says, okay, you've breathed out enough. And then I do that. So I'm not even thinking about how cold the water is because I'm in this natural meditation state. And by doing that also helps increase my executive functioning skills. All of these things are firing these, they're repairing itself, right? So again, I'm getting high on my own supply. That's what I mean by that is my own breathing, my own ability to do these types of things. And I understand that it's not might not be for everybody, but that's my routine. So by the time 7, 7 a.m. rolls around, I can crank out, you know, eight hours of work in two hours. So from 7 a.m. to 9 a.m., <laughs> I'm done. And then I got the rest of the day to chill. <laughs> but it's true. He's kidding, school no. administrators. Uh, yeah. If you're watching this and you're my principal, that was just a joke. <laughs> so... Um, that's, that's some of my, uh, that's some of my things that really have helped me out. But I want to tell you this, the stuff that I'm talking about is not just things that um, I'm pulling out of thin air. A lot of this stuff is backed by research and a lot of these things. Imagine having at school, a system where kids can get light exercise, even if it's for one minute, like you're in English class. All right, everybody, we're going to work on the Chromebooks, but you also have to be on the on the treadmill walking while you're doing your essay. I mean, seriously, things like that. Yeah. Um, so I just some just some uh, some random thoughts for the second that I had there. Well, any last thoughts? This was fun. We yes, uh, I think that you hopefully have learned a couple of new things that have helped me along the way, um, but. What, what are some last um, takeaways? One of the biggest takeaways, again, that I can't stress enough is my biggest support um, for my own journey lately um, in the past several years has been Jesse's ability to empathize. That's probably the biggest thing. And the second thing I want to say that probably applies to everybody's life, which is when, and I heard this from Tony Robbins, so um, I'm not making this up um, on my own, but he said that when we trade our expectations for appreciation, then we can begin to experience gratitude towards those people. And so when rather than Jesse having all of these expectations throughout her day with what I should have been doing, she's turned into an appreciation for who I am. And, and that turns into like grateful that I am getting some things done while providing that um, empathetic view so we can structure things for me that make it uh, a successful relationship, a healthy relationship, and a happy family with smiles for yeah, some of the day. Yeah, a lot of people in the chat were talking. It sounds like their their significant other has ADHD. So I think that that all definitely rings true, just coming from a place of understanding. And, you know, for me, it's like, even if I don't really feel like him leaving the house and going to the gym 
I know that he needs to do that and it's going to be better for everyone's day once he does, you know, and it's just understanding things like that. And I think like when you do want to have those hard conversations about communication or your relationship, it's just picking the right time of day and approaching it. It's like what, I don't know who made this up, but it's when people argue, it's they always argue person versus person when it really it's couple versus the problem. Right. Yeah. So like knowing that you're on the same team, that was cheesy. No, but that was so good. Um, Someone asked the quote. I thought the quote was when you trade your expectations for appreciation, the world changes instantly. But you said I added my vacation gratitude. I added my own thing to it. But yeah, Jesse's right. So the quote is that's the thing is he will change quotes. Yeah, I didn't. But I didn't say word for word. I just kind of got the concept and I added to it because if you can trade expectations like so we're saying like when we trade expectations for appreciation we'll start to build gratitude towards who the person is rather than for what we wish them to be because oftentimes we go oh man i wish this would have i was expecting this to happen and i wish they would have did this and then in what ends up happening is it sends things back to our thinking um and makes us not the happiest person, right? When when that happens. And so and so that's something that I've kind of stood by with working with my students, with our children at home. Um, and it's been a really helpful thing for um my my belief system. Because remember, we said this in a earlier episode at the beginning, is that our beliefs become our thoughts, our thoughts become our words, our words become our actions. And our actions become, become our, habits, our habits. And our habits become our realities. And that was Jen Sincero. Jen Sincero. Yep. She wrote, uh, You Are a Badass. And um, Jesse is um, that title of that book. <laughs> <laughs> All right, everyone. Thank you so much for joining us. We hope this was helpful and you got to hear a little bit more about us. Yes. Have thank fun. you so much for hanging in there. I'm going to go home, get on my skateboard, watch Netflix on my phone while juggling three tennis balls. <laughs> All right, everyone. See you later. Bye. If you enjoyed today's episode, hit subscribe, write a review, or share it with a friend. Thanks for tuning in. We'll catch you next time.